Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. Not this week, though. Not this week. I'm Henley. I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies. Hell yeah. If you can believe it. That's who we are, if you can believe it. What's been going on with us this week? Uh, guys, I have been real. I've been really diving into the thrilling world of uh, Los Angeles City Council meetings, and you are doing the work that we all should be doing, and I appreciate that. It's. I, I don't know that I'm actually doing anything. I'm just trying to learn how it all works, um, and stay aware of what's happening. I think for me, for me, what's made things feel manageable is focusing on one like choosing a focus area and so i'm pretty focused on defunding lapd and Mm -hmm. lasd a very good one to focus on um because Mm -hmm. their budget is due in uh, july 1st so it's it's a time sensitive issue um but man oh man (laughs) they really try to bore you out of (laughs) paying attention (laughs) they make it as boring as possible then there's usually pub- a public comment section where people call in and um, give their opinions, which are have come to be very entertaining. Um, people love to yell at our elected officials for not doing their jobs. And a good signature line that has become a real th- through line for a lot of the public comments is ending it by saying, I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I really, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs> um, oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's really I, the first time I listened to a meeting and got to hear all of all of that. Boy, did it really uh, help you. me release a lot of well, drain me. But <laughs> yeah. at, at first it invigorated me and then it yes, drained yes, me. Yes. But it was like just hearing people be like, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> to people who you think are doing a bad job is, like, really cool. Yeah. Um, All of yeah. us, yeah, I feel like a local government is so mysterious in a lot of ways, because I have never been involved in it, and no one I know has ever really been involved in it, right. and I feel like there's so much opportunity there, like, why yeah. aren't we all more involved? Yeah, it's where we have the most power, to, like, as yeah. individuals to influence our surroundings and so i i encourage everyone to start let's let's fucking get in there your neighborhood councils too like people have power to do shit and Mm -hmm. you just it's just really boring (laughs) (laughs) hey guys go out there get involved you're gonna hate it but you gotta it's important it's important what's up with you guys how's your week been mine's been um 
pretty okay. I um, am just going to give a short little plug for Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, <laughs> I am fully hooked. It's um, the, for anyone who doesn't know, crazy if you don't know. But for anyone who doesn't know, it's the animated series that's now available on Netflix, originally came out on Nickelodeon in 2005. <laughs> um, it's a fantastic meditation on friendship and bravery and how to Aww. be like a good person <laughs> that sounds nice that sounds so nice a meditation on friendship and bravery <laughs> and also the animation's really fucking cool so i highly recommend i'm sold checking out avatar the last airbender i'm watching it tonight avatar the last airbender on netflix <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us. Avatar at the last year. Sponsor us. It'll be you, the Italian bakery in Eagle Rock, and Sleep Co. Sleep Co. Our, our sponsors. Can't wait. Um, can't wait. Can't wait. I, I guess I'll do a little plug for... Um, I recently got back into uh, my Enneagram types. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like have we talked about oh, that I on the podcast? That. I love that shit. I I love that shit. I love to I love to be given a way to think about myself in a way that's like, ooh, what if it's what if it's this? You know, like mm-hmm. oh oh I guess the like non-vain way to express that would be like understanding <laughs> yourself better. Um and 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 like yeah, in relationships and it's why I'm I like think astrology is really cool and I but I don't know as much about it as say Sammy does. But I really like thinking like, okay, how does this, how do you express yourself or what are your motivations or how do you relate to other people? And I think it's cool. Anyway, I've been getting back into Enneagram. I listened to a podcast this morning while I took a walk um, that was a, a delving into my Enneagram um, number, which is uh, number three, uh, pretty, pretty strong three. Um, the first time I read my description, I cried and... Um, <laughs> And I listened to it today and, and like as I was walking and listening, she literally was like a 15 minute snippet of this woman who is a, she studies Enneagram. Um, and every time she said something about threes, I truly out loud was like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just like really like so um, deeply resonates. I just think it's very cool. And the cool thing about Enneagram is it's all about like your inner self as opposed to Myers-Briggs is a lot about your external or like, you know, personality based. Right. Enneagram is um, driven on like, what are your basic, what's your basic motivation? And then what's your basic yes, fear? Yes. Um, so mm. it, if when you find what your number is, it really, really gets at the core of you. So uh, I recommend it. So if you guys want to look into your, your Enneagram type, find your number. It's, it's fascinating. And I recommend it. I love yeah. it. Listeners, drop your drop your Enneagram number in the comments. Oh my god, oh my god please do. Honestly, I I really and let us ooh, know I do your love it. Astrological sign too while you're at it. That too, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what else is up with me this week? You watched a movie. I watched the movie. I watched the movie. Um, which we haven't said what it is yet, but this week's movie is Scream. Woo-hoo. Scream. Woohoo. Which I've always wanted to watch and truthfully did sort of watch. At Halloween this year, Sammy, you had it on at your uh, house yes, in the it, background. We mm-hmm. all sort of ended up watching it at one point. So I did know who the killer. I knew that uh, yes. in mm-hmm. watching it this time. And I had seen some moments, which I think is why I was like, oh, I could watch this. And 
it's great. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I know you hate when when horror movies are described as fun, Henley, but it's fun. Sorry, sue me. That's why I wanted to watch it. I didn't get a chance to this week, um, but I had seen part of it at Sammy's, and I've seen parts of it in other times, too, but it looks fun. Also, the fashion moment is undeniable. <laughs> I the, mean, the fashion moment is undeniable. 96, it's, yeah, right? it came out in 1996, so it's a, it's a very 1996. I, can you believe, I truly, I, when I was thinking about it today and re-watching to take notes, Scream is going to be 25 years old next year. That's oh, wow. That's like not okay oh. with me, but it is what it is. <laughs> We're old. Um, um, it is what it is. It's peak. It's peak Courtney Cox. Oh, God. And it was just her birthday. Happy birthday, Courtney. Happy birthday, Court. Um, fellow Gemini. Shout out to all my Gemini's Gemini, out there. A Gemini queen. Uh, we do. <laughs> I do just love her. Um, but yeah, so Scream, 1996, directed by Wes Craven. Written by Kevin Williamson, starring Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, uh, Drew Barrymore, who is the top billed actor in this movie, and she is not in it for long. Um, and uh, lots of other people, Henry Winkler at one point. I mean, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. cast, the mm-hmm. cast. Great cast. Um, it's a stellar, stellar cast. It's a stellar movie. I love this movie. Yeah. I've seen it many times, but I'd say this was my first time rewatching it since I've kind of developed this stronger appreciation for horror in general. And so it was a mm. super fun rewatch and it's incredibly rewatchable i'd say (laughs) yeah it's it really is a super fun movie it is scary like i mean it's scary in a way that i can handle which is um it's not i mean i don't think necessarily going to give you nightmares right had i watched this 10 years ago absolutely would have given me had i watched it probably three years ago would give me nightmares (laughs) but but it doesn't stick with you super hard um I did watch it last night and when it was dark out, um, but I did the thing where I was like watching it and also like had my phone up so I could, you know, like, ooh, um, I'm just going to like send a text or like I'm just going to like open up <laughs> Instagram and clo- like that do that thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm like sort of watching, but I'm sort of not. And then today when I was taking notes, even though it was daytime, I was watching more closely and I got scared sometimes. It is scary. So- I think this is the type of movie that scares me even more than something like The Descent scares me, which I know sounds crazy, crazy, but like it's the idea of someone being outside of your house, like looking through your windows, just ready to brutally murder you. And that does happen in this movie. And that does happen. And that that stuff is truly so. Those are the scariest moments when you can see them like looking out the window to try to see who's there. I hate Um, that. I hate that. But I think because maybe just because of the ending, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that won't that won't be me. Um. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad to have seen it and I want to watch the rest of them. Are they good? I remember really liking Scream 4 because that's the one I've seen most recently besides this there one. Are four of them? Yes. Jesus. There's a fifth one coming out by the same people who made Ready or Not. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, so David Arquette is the only one currently signed on to it. <laughs> Great. Oh, you love to see it. But I imagine more will follow suit. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Also, spoiler alert, guess who lives from Scream 1? (laughs) (laughs) The sound of that tune means it's time for cocktail hour. Hello, I am your new bartender taking over for Sammy. And seeing as I watched the scary movie this week, I could definitely use a cocktail. This week's cocktail is The Stab in the Back. 
Truthfully, most of these stabbings in this movie happen in the front, but stab in the front is not a common saying, so here we are. For this drink, you are going to need one and a half ounces of orange juice, half an ounce of brandy, two ounces of dry white wine, and two ounces of club soda. This is a highball style drink, so very light and refreshing for the summer. You will build all ingredients in a highball glass over ice, topping last with the club soda, and you will garnish with an orange slice. And there you go. Good luck to all of us, and cheers. Um, should we do some trivia? Trivia. Of this movie? Mm-hmm. I have a couple little little guys. Um, one is that um, the use of caller ID, I don't know how they have this statistic. It's not is it even a statistic. The use of caller ID increased threefold after this movie came out. Oh, yeah, because he um, calls. Which I guess makes sense. He calls a lot. You would now, you know, you'd want to know. Where's that call coming you'd from? You'd want to know. Where's the call coming from? As a side note, did this ever happen to you guys in middle school where I'm very clearly putting a time stamp on when I was in middle school? Um, but it was around when we all had we're getting color ID and thought it was cool and great to have. Um, and did you ever get like three way secret called? Oh, of uh, course. oh, my God. In middle school. Yes, of course. I, I thinking about color ID reminded me of a time I got three way secret called. Uh, trying to ask if I liked a boy. Uh, my friend who was friends with this boy, we were he was a boy at the time, um, <laughs> called to ask me if I liked him. And they had secret three-way called me, so he was on the line. But they did it the wrong way. And so the boy who he was asking me about, his caller ID came up. And I was like, are you at his house? And he was like, no. And then I learned <gasps> later they were th- secret three-way calling me. Oh, my God. Oh, you were kind of on, you're on the good side of that happening, though. That, I mean, it happened like, other times. That was just one that I. <laughs> I can't. I blocked. I blocked all of them out. But I definitely know I had some horrendous. Oh, it's traumatic. Awful. It's just another way for middle way middle schoolers to be like absolute middle assholes. school uh-huh. kids are so shitty, so shitty. Anyway, that's a that's a anyway. Tell us in the t- listeners. Tell us if you got secret <laughs> three way called. Um, mm-hmm. and your astrological sign, and the mm-hmm. astrological sign of who secret three way called you. Um. <laughs> Another trivia that I have, my last little one. So the end of the movie is basically one one long party. Like most of the movie takes place in this um, party or, you know, party of sorts. And that scene is 42 minutes long. Um, and apparently it took 21 days to shoot that scene. All night shoots. So they did 21 night shoots in a row wow. to film the final scene of that movie and which is brutal. Um, and so apparently the crew afterwards had T-shirts made that said, I survived scene 118. And they all got those T-shirts Ooh. as gifts to celebrate finishing shooting that long, long scene. That's which fun. Is fun. That's a little uh, behind the scenes. I love it. Sort of situation. Should we watch this trailer? <gasps> Let's watch a trailer. I'm excited. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. 
Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Oh my god, that looked so fun. <laughs> that trailer is so the trailer makes it like the tone of that trailer is not quite the tone of the movie, I don't think, but it is the trailer is all it is, over the place. That trailer is all over the place. Um it's man, it, it's really fun. I'm really excited to be taking the lead on this retelling. Sam, you've you have seen it, so um you're gonna help me out, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do it justice. I will say it's so funny how, again, like Drew Barrymore is in this movie for seven minutes, if that, um, and she's huge on the poster. Like well, it's mostly her face. So this was like a huge time for Drew Barrymore. It like this was she was super famous at this time, and so that was like a big misdirect. So she was actually cast as Sydney, and that's I guess <gasps> why Wes Craven signed on. And then she convinced Wes Craven to let her play this part because she's like, people will be so shocked because <laughs> they thought they were coming to like see a movie starring Drew Barrymore. So it's a real it's a it's, what it's a, a trick. Brilliant idea. <laughs> it's great. It's such a trick. I mean, I knew I'm. it's like a very classic thing that I, I knew going into it, but it, that's such a good trick. And how cool of Drew Barrymore to be like this is a better I this is a better idea. Yeah. Um, I hope I I wonder if she got paid the same amount and had to work like a tenth of the days. Also I'm <laughs> I, I am would curious bet that she got paid uh, <laughs> generously. But also she it's not like she needed the exposure, right? So like Right. I mean, hey, Nev Campbell ended up, you know, having a franchise. So let's just get right into it. Let's get into it. I also do want to just point out that this movie has been parodied so many times that I feel like I've even seen like car commercials that make fun of scream and like right they're just it's just everywhere this movie has been so yeah. infused into like everything that i grew up with that watching that trailer was just like oh i'm coming home yeah <laughs> yeah it is it is welcoming it is just like coming home um i will say this opening scene i'd never seen it in its entirety until fucking yesterday but I was so scared of it. And I'm like so aware of this scene. Um, it's very, very scary. It's the bleakest time of the year. So you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. 
I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. So it starts off with Drew Barrymore, character name Casey. She answers her phone. Her phone rings in her house phone. She answers it. Caller has a weird voice to her in the chair like, hello? Who who is this? <laughs> um, and she's like, "Well, who are you?" He said, "Well, who 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 are you?" Like just being like very <laughs> suspicious and weird. And she says, "Oh, I think you. Have, I think she's so like bubbly and like oh, I think you have the wrong number." And he's like, "Do I?" She's like, "Yeah, it's okay. No worries. Bye." And hangs up. Like no big deal. Um, calls right back. She picks up. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Oh, you have the wrong number again. I know. I just I called I called to apologize. Oh, no worries. It happens. Hangs up. Again. <laughs> like she is unfazed. Um, he calls back again. She at then this point third time she's like, oh, phone's ringing again. Okay, she answers the phone. Um, he manages to keep her on the line. That time he just starts talking to her. And he's like, what? What's that noise? What are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm I'm making popcorn. <laughs> um, and. She's like, oh, why make a popcorn? Why make a popcorn? Well, I'm just going to watch a video. Oh, yeah? You want to watch a scary movie? Um, yeah. Or, or, what, what are you going to watch? Oh, just some stupid scary movie. You like scary movies? <laughs> uh, Listeners, and- hang up at this point. <laughs> hang yeah, up at this no. point. Hang up at this point. Earlier, she I, it was one of the phone calls. I think it might have been the one where she hung up before this. Where, um, he's like, don't hang up. I want to talk to you. She's like, there aren't 900 numbers for that. Ha ha. Like, you're being flirty. No, he is being terrifying. Um, <laughs> but he says, what's, what's, your, what's your favorite scary movie? Because Halloween, um, you know, the, the one where the guy comes and stabs a bunch of Home Alone babysitters. Girl, get off the phone. <laughs> um, she says, uh, what's your favorite scary movie? He goes, guess. I don't know. Nightmare on Elm Street? Is it the one with the guy who has knives for hands? 
She's like, yeah, um, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> he says, so, um, so do you have a boyfriend? Uh, and she's like, mm, why do you want to know? You want to ask me out? Just like now she's having fun. Now she's having a great time. Uh, and he goes, you, so what's your name? You never told me your name. She says, well, why do you want to know my name? And he and, and she's like walking through a house as she does. And she's making popcorn, talking on the phone, um, walks by like those classic suburban uh, sliding glass doors that lead out to her backyard. Way too many windows in this house. Way too Way many. so many windows. It's nighttime. There's too many windows. Um, no curtains. Uh, cur- yeah. Wide open. Well, I don't. So she's like, well, why do you want to know my name? He goes, because I want to know who I'm looking at. Then she gets scared. Uh, she gets scared. Um, Fucking scary. And she, it's very scary. And she goes like, uh, she hangs up. Finally goes and like locks the door, like locks the sliding glass door and goes and like tries to lock some other doors. He calls again, as we knew he would. And she, and she immediately picks up and is like, look, don't, don't call. And he goes, no, you look. Then now he's gets rid of the like sex sexy voice um but is still like weirdly sort of distorted and he goes no you look if you hang up on me again i'll gut you like a fish oh she stays on the phone yeah it's he ramps it right up um i hate it i hate it it. it's no good uh so oh and, and like at one point she turns the porch light on there's nothing out there turns it back off um but he's like don't hang up on me again um we're gonna play a game um and she's like no no no, i'm not i'm I'm gonna call the police no 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 hangs up then the doorbell rings, front doorbell. Um, she from inside the door goes, who's there? No one answers. She picks up the phone to call the police. It rings in her hand. She screams, answers it. And he goes, you should know better than to ask who's there. So like he heard her because Proof he is at her house. There. <laughs> Proof that he's there, which we do not love. I, she's like, that's ooh, classic stupid mistake. Don't ask who's there. And, and don't uh, don't over. It's like as stupid as going out to like, check on your porch to see if there's someone around. Um, maybe something else I will happen at some point. I don't know. <laughs> um, and she's like, my boyfriend, my boyfriend is going to be here any minute. And he's big and he plays football. And I'll kick the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he goes, I thought you said you didn't have a boyfriend. She's like, I do. I have a boyfriend. And, he, and he'll be here in a minute. Um, and he goes, his name wouldn't have to be Steve, would it? <gasps> I guess what? It is. <laughs> um, it is Steve. Uh, she starts crying and, it, and he goes, uh, turn the porch light on again. Or no, he goes, why don't you turn the porch light on again? So like he also saw her turn the porch light on before. Turns it on. Steve is tied up in his letterman jacket. Football Steve um, could not kick the shit out of whoever this is tied up in a lawn chair on her patio he's bloodied he's clearly been like beaten up he's got duct tape over his mouth and is like crying and like screaming and and um the guy on the phone's like okay so we're gonna play a game and if you don't play steve's gonna die so you better play and you better answer this question right we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna keep it easy it's gonna be movie trivia and she's like crying the whole time and pleading with him and like please don't do this please don't do this he's like okay Here's, I'll start it off easy. What's the name of the killer in Halloween? She says, Michael Myers. He goes, good. That was a warm up. Here's the real question. Uh, answer correctly or Steve dies. What's the name of the killer in Friday the 13th? And she goes, Jason. His name is Jason. He goes, wrong. The killer is, is Jason's mom, Mrs. Voorhees. 
Um, and she's like, no, I've seen the movie 20 times. It's Jason, it's Jason. He's like, if you've seen it, you'd know that I'm going way too into the weeds of this movie. <laughs> oh, boy, we're going to be here forever. Um, <laughs> he goes, anyway, wrong. If you, if you really knew, you'd know that in the first movie, it's Ms. Voorhees. And then Jason only shows up in the sequel. Um, we hear a noise and he guts Steve, cuts open his stomach. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Spill out all over the ground. She's screaming and crying. And he goes, okay, next question. This is for you. This is for your life. What door am I at? Ooh. Very bad question. Um, And then as she's standing by the glass doors, like freaking out, holding the phone, a chair gets thrown through the sliding glass doors. Um, So she runs away from those. She runs and gets a knife out of the kitchen, and we see behind her the shadow of Ghostface Killer, the guy in the Scream whole costume. We, we've all seen we've it. Seen we it. know what it looks like. We've seen it. Listener, you've definitely seen it. <laughs> Listener, if you haven't seen it, you're fucking lying. Um, you've seen it. Uh, we see him or it. I'm just going to say him. We're going to say him. That's fine. Runs by in the background. She, meanwhile, sees outside that her house is like in the middle of nowhere. Where does this movie take place? I don't know, actually, but California. I don't know, but they all live on like in these on these houses that are like on big stretches of property with no neighbors, like every single person. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So anyway, she's like sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, But we see she's clearly home alone. But we see in the distance, she sees a car coming towards her house. and, And we assume it's her parents coming home. So she like sneaks out uh, she sees that the killer's in her house manages to get away from him and sort of sneak outside um but he finds her and he stabs her uh <sighs> stabs her to death meanwhile her popcorn burns starts a fire in the kitchen um we see her parents come home and they're like oh my gosh what the fuck happened where's our daughter they walk outside and they see their daughter Casey also gutted uh, like Steve and hanging <gasps> from their tree. She's God, super, super dead. And that's the end of Drew Barrymore in this movie. Um, and I imagine it would have been quite shocking if you went there expecting to see a Drew Barrymore movie. Yeah, pretty, pretty wild opening scene. Very good. Very scary. Great. Okay, cut two. <laughs> um, now we're meeting all our main characters. So um, Sydney is Nev Campbell. So we cut to this uh, this same night, presumably. Um, Sydney is in her bedroom looking like remarkably virginal, like ponytail with a scrunchie, a like flowery, flouncy nightgown dress, like very clearly like the sweet girl. Right. Um, she hears something, goes out to her window and her boyfriend, Billy, pops up, scares her. But it's just her boyfriend. Um, this is Skeet Ulrich, a very, very hot, very, very young Smoking Skeet Ulrich. Hot. Boy, Ooh, do we. I screamed it. Smoking hot. No question. <laughs> no poll. You guys get it. You guys get it. Very <laughs> much young Johnny Depp vibes aesthetically mm-hmm. in this movie, too. Um, we won't pass. We won't talk about what we think about him as a, as a man. But look, also hot. Um <laughs> So he pops up, scares her. Um, she screams. Her dad knocks on her bedroom door because he heard her scream. Um, so she answers the door. Billy is, has hidden. 
Her dad essentially says, uh, lets her know that he's going to be at a conference all weekend. She knows. He's just like reminding her, I'm going to be gone this weekend. Here's the hotel I'm staying at. She's like, okay, okay. Love you, dad. Thanks. Good night. Um, dad leaves. Billy pops back up and he's like, I, you know, I just wanted to visit you. I'd never, it occurred to me I'd never snuck through your bedroom window. Um, he said, I was watching The Exorcist on TV and it made me think of you. She's like, what made you think of me? And he said, well, yeah, you know, because they edit out all the good stuff. Um, you know, it's kind of like our relationship. We started off really hot and heavy. We were R-rated, you know, right on our way to NC-17. But now we're sort of edited for TV. What a dick. <laughs> so he's pressuring her to have sex with him. Um, and she's... Points for is, subtlety, though. Like, what? Or, like, weird... Well, he's going like, to lose really... those points. He's going to lose those points pretty fast. And <laughs> just so you know, the subtlety... And I mean that sarcastically. It's just like, yeah. what a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird to tell your girlfriend she reminded... You were thought of her while watching The Exorcist because your relationship has been edited for content. Um... Yeah, and and he's like, no, I, you know, I, I just I was just thinking about you, and um, you know, I, I, I don't want, I'm not going to break your your underwear rule, but can we? I thought maybe we could do some over the clothes stuff. That's literally the line. Oh boy. Um, and she goes, uh, yeah, okay, we we could do that. They get on their her bed, they make out for literally like three seconds, and she's like, okay, good night. <laughs> um, and he. He goes and like goes to sneak out her window and he's like, you see what you do to me? This that classic like fucking fucked up dude line of like, come on, you're driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> you see what you do to me? She's like, before he leaves, she goes, well, would you settle for maybe a PG-13 relationship? And then she flashes him and then he calls her a tease and leaves. Super fun. You love it. Oh, what a healthy relationship. It's really healthy. They're having fun. Both people are <laughs> totally <laughs> um, next morning at school, uh, Sydney shows up. Everyone is talking about the murders that happened the night before. Um, there are cops at her school, a bunch of reporters from different stations. Um, we see Courtney Cox's character. She's a reporter. We don't get fully introduced to her yet, but she's there. She's reporting on the murders. Sydney sort of looks at her and we feel some dislike there, but we sort of move on. Um, Sydney's friend Tatum, interesting name, played by Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. ta- is Ooh. telling her what happened and that the murders that happened last night. Telling Sydney and and goes, I mean, it's the worst crime we've had in this town since. And then um, looks at Sydney and stops talking. Um, so awkward. we get the impression, awkward. Something has happened here. <laughs> um, uh, we just get a nice little moment where we see that Henry Winkler is the principal of their school. How fun. Um, because Sydney is called in to be, they're calling all the students in one by one to question them, the sheriff, um, about the murders, about where they were last night. They call Sydney in and um, the sheriff and uh, the deputy, whose name is Dewey, played by David Arquette. Um, he is also her friend Tatum's older brother. So just some fun dynamics that happen there. Um, but they call her in and they're they're sort of, they're clearly like, Sorry to have to do this to you again, Sydney. Um, it's clear she is familiar with the sheriff. She's made familiar with being questioned in this way. Um, so that moment, they don't like don't actually suspect her of anything. It's pretty brief, but they're like, "Sorry, we, we're questioning everybody. Sorry about this." Um, after we cut quickly to Sydney and her friends having lunch or just hanging out after they've all been questioned, they're sort of all still chatting about it. 
Her group of friends are uh, Billy, her boyfriend, Tatum, Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, uh, played by Matthew Lillard, um, and Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy. Um, so that's that like core group. I just want to point out that these are this the same character tropes that uh, this movie and Cabin in the Woods have a lot of similarities. So they are mm. the they are the virgin, the whore, the athlete, the scholar, and the fool. And those apply mm. here too. And it's just fun. Both Scream and Cabin in the Woods are are making fun of the characters and the tropes, uh, like aware of them, subverting them, having fun with them. That's so fun. So Nev Campbell, Sydney's the virgin. Tatum's the whore. Stu is the fool. Yep. I know Jamie, uh, what's it, or Jamie Ke- Kennedy is the scholar, which doesn't quite make sense, but it's because but he, he like, like is knows the everything about right. the movies. So he's the like go-to knowledge guy. Scholar. And so then the athlete, or at least like the like, like he, he's like the hot guy. Yeah. Uh, Billy uh, Skeet is the, is the hot guy. Yeah. Um, and, and as previously stated, he is hot. He is hot. Um, he's hot. So they're <laughs> all talking, chatting afterwards. Um, Stu is going on about how like, oh, it was definitely they didn't question you guys at heart because it was definitely a man. Oh, this murder could have only been done by a man. And they're like, oh, that's so sexist. Um, Stu is being really crass and gross um, and like making jokes about being gutted. Um and too soon too way too soon um (laughs) wait do you you hear what happened to sydney (laughs) before this because it'll really be too soon um and randy's like wait Stu, didn't you date casey before she dated steve um and he's like yeah for like a minute uh and he's like didn't she dump you for steve and he's and tatum's like no you dumped you dumped her for me right and he's like yeah i was with tatum last night anyway whatever so they're like joshing with each other, but also like casually accusing each other of murder. <laughs> casually accusing each other of murder. Yeah. Casually being um, like, you're capable of getting another but I think human that you being. Might have killed someone. Um, <laughs> yeah. We learned that Randy's a huge movie buff. He works at a video store. He's like kind of nerdy in the, in like a movie way. Mm-hmm. Then we just got to Sydney getting off the school bus at home. Um, she's home alone. Her dad's already gone at his conference. Talks to Tatum on the phone. She's going to spend the night at Tatum's this weekend. Um, or starting that night, she's going to be sleeping at, at Tatum's house. Tatum says, oh, Nicole, I'll come pick you up at this time. Um, and then she reveals, Sydney's like, you know, it, it just feels like deja vu all over again. All the cops, the reporters. Um, so in the, it's around this moment that we learn that her mother was murdered, raped and murdered a year ago. Oh, um, awful. So, yeah, pre- pretty awful. Um she falls asleep on her couch. The phone rings. Um, I think first it's Tatum. Tatum calls and is like, I'm running late. Sorry. And she's like, okay. Um, then, then maybe she falls asleep. I don't know. Whatever. The phone rings. She expects that it's Tatum. It is. Hello, Sydney. I can't do the voice again. Can I do the voice again? I think I lost it. Whatever. It's the killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like. Do you like scary movies? Doing the same sort of voice imagining a listener being like, well, who's this now? Who's this voice now? (laughs) Who's this new person? Give me a name. Um, (laughs) um, She thinks it's Randy. Her initial instinct is like, okay, Randy. Right. Very funny. Yeah, okay. I like, you know, you're a murderer. I don't know. She like thinks it's funny. Yeah. Also, because they don't know the details of the phone call from the. Right. She doesn't doesn't know to be afraid of strangers calling. She, she doesn't know to be afraid of this yet. 
but uh, she thinks it's Randy, but eventually starts to get scared. Um, he asks if she likes scary movies and she's like, no, it's always the same stupid thing. Like a dumb girl with big boobs who like runs upstairs instead of running out the front door. They're insulting. Um, and he's like, well, uh, I'm on your front porch. Um, so she like walks out to the, the very scary scene where she like opens the door and walks around on her porch, looking around, looking around. Nobody comes. Um, but she's starting to get freaked out. And then he pops out of the closet, <laughs> um, <gasps> goes face and attacks her. Um, with big, he's the big, big knife every time she finally manages to get away from him, goes up the stairs, gets into her bedroom, locks the door. Um, and he's trying to break his way into her bedroom through the locked door she, that ends on the second story. She's screaming. She goes to call 911. The phone line is down. She does a very smart thing that I didn't know you could do, which is on her computer. She like types in to call 911 and her computer calls 911 somehow. I don't know. Manages to place a 911 call. And. I think the killer maybe sees that 911 is has been called. Um, but uh, anyway, the killer stops trying to come in her room. She looks and he's not there anymore. Um, and then up her window, Billy pops up. Another jump scare. She is so relieved. She like hugs him and is like, Billy, oh, my God. He's like, I heard screaming. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. He's here. The killer, he's here. Um, and he's like, it's OK, it's OK, it's OK. And he drops a cell phone. and. So she and I guess this is 1996. Not everyone had cell phones. So that was alarming, I guess. Um, Yeah. She starts backing away from him, like really freaked out because all this has been happening from a phone call. Um, And so she runs down the stairs and away from him. And he's like, Sid, Sid, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's fine. Um, Opens the front door and uh, (laughs) Dewey is standing there holding the mask up because he had found the costume but it, that's another jump scare she screams she thinks it's him it's dewey and he's like no, it's okay the cops so cops have arrived they arrest billy um and he's like it wasn't me it wasn't me but he's the only person there and they found the costume like not worn on the ground courtney cox's character's name is gail weathers she's a reporter she shows up at sydney's house and is like Sid- sydney sydney trying to get the scoop um sydney gets away to go to the station to be questioned uh, about what happened. We get a little bit of, of Courtney Cox, Gail's character, when she fat shames her cameraman because she had told him to get out of the van and and start shooting what was happening. And she's like, when I tell you to hurry up, that means, like, get your fat lard ass out of the van. And it's awful. And then they're, like, friends later. She, I don't she's, know, like a, she's a bitch, I'd say. That's when we're, like, introduced to her as she is, like, a vulture bitch with, like, no... She she's, does not she's care like a about... a tabloid reporter. Yeah. She, like, cares about getting the story. She does not care about the sensitivity of anybody's feelings around their, you know, family Drama. members being <laughs> murdered last year. She's just, or like... You, or yourself may being murdered. She's just like, what happened? What happened? Tell me. And, like, Mike in your face, very, like, aggressive. Yeah, she's a bitch. We go to the station... They're trying to contact Sid's dad because, um, you know, his daughter almost got murdered. They can't reach him. And he's like, he's not at the hotel he said he was at, um, but we'll track him down. Don't worry. We'll we'll find him. Um, meanwhile, the sheriff is questioning Billy and Billy's dad. And he's like, why? Do you, what are you doing with the cell phone? And um, Billy's like, lots of people have cell phones nowadays. They're like, check the call. Like, check the phone record. You'll see that I didn't make those calls. Um, and they're like, OK, well, we can't. It will, the results won't come through until the morning, so they're holding Billy overnight. Sid clearly thinks that it's Billy. Um, he gets like taken, you know, 
into custody or whatever when she's sitting in the room. It's like, Sid, Sid, you know me, you know me. Tell them it wasn't me. And she's like, won't look at him. And it's just crying. Um, they've also been dating for like two years, they said at the beginning. So this is not a new relationship. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not yeah, great. Yeah, the fact that she immediately thought like, yeah, it could be him. <laughs> could be him. <laughs> My boyfriend could be him. There's a fun <laughs> little back and forth with this. So Tatum comes to get Sid and take her to their house, which is where she's staying that night. Um, there's a fun back and forth where Tatum's like, Dewey, are you done questioning her? I need to take her home. And he's like, when I, mom told you when I'm wearing the uniform, I'm a man of the law and you have to respect me. She's like, okay, de- deputy Dewey. Like, and all the other cops are laughing at him. And it's like, very cute. Um, David Arquette is super likable in this movie. He's like a little doofy, sweetie. Um, but he's like, takes it out the back entrance of the station. Cause at this point, a bunch of reporters, including Gail Weathers have showed up now at the police station um, cause it was, you know, the hottest story last year. She had this salacious murder happen in her family and now it's back again. So there's all these reporters. Um, yeah, it's awful. She's in high school. That's fucked. But so Dewey says, you know, take Sydney out the back door so that you can avoid all that out front. Uh, so they go out the back door. Gail Weathers knows there's a back door, goes around the alley, tries to interview or sees them coming out and is like, Sydney, Sydney, uh, wh- uh, tell me about what happened tonight. Sydney asks, um, How's your how's your book coming? And Gail goes really well. I'll I'll send you a copy. And Sydney punches her in the face. <laughs> oh hell yeah! I love that. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Sydney does not like Gail. Gail's clearly writing a book about her that dead is, mother. Yeah, that is the implication. Um, so then they're at, they're at Tatum's house. They're in their little twin beds in Tatum's bedroom. Very nineties high school girls uh, having a sleepover. Tatum's mom comes in and I mean, God love her. She doesn't know what she's doing, but she comes in. She's like, Sydney, honey, there's a phone call for you. (laughs) At which point you're like, no, don't make this girl answer the fucking phone. Um, She's like, it's my dad. She's like, no, it's not your dad, but um, it's someone who asked for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so Sydney answers the phone and he's like, oh, hi, Sydney. Um, Wow. Yeah, I I know you, you put locked billy away but looks like you got the wrong guy again (gasps) what does this mean what does this mean um sydney screams (laughs) they like hangs up the phone like oh boy don't give that girl a phone call come on she's dealt with enough um but that's all that happens there the killer does not show up he just places that phone call so next morning in tatum's kitchen the news is on they are doing a news story about how one year ago the girl who was, you know, Sydney's mom was raped and murdered one year ago. The man who did it is currently on death row, thanks to Sydney's testimony. Mm. Um, his name is Cotton something. I don't know. Weird name. Um, but he is on death row. The, the guy who raped and murdered her mom is, has been caught, thanks to Sydney. Dewey reveals that Billy's phone record was clear, that he didn't make those calls. And so he's been released. So we go to school. There were reporters again all over the front lawn. This time, Sydney goes up to Gail and there's a fun moment where Gail's been like hounding her like crazy since the beginning of the movie. But she goes to walk up to Gail's van and Gail goes, stop right there because she got punched in the face and is like now afraid of Sydney. She's like, I'm not going to I don't want to fight you. I just want to talk to you. So we learn. Yeah, Gail is writing a book about her mom's murder and she's writing it about the fact that uh, Gail thinks Cotton, the person that is on death row is innocent 
and was framed for the murder. Mm. And Sydney's like, you called me a liar. You're like spreading all this hateful stuff and saying that, that this rapist and murderer is an innocent man. Um, and Gail's like, I, th- I think that you're wrong. I don't think that he did it. I've had many conversations with him. Um, I think that these murders that are happening right now are related to that. I think that there is an innocent man in prison and the real murderer is walking free. Um, and and catches like a look in Sydney's eye and she goes, you're not so sure anymore, are you? Like, you're not you're not sure that he really did it. She, or, Yeah. Sydney's like uh, he I saw him like wearing his jacket, leaving. Apparently, Sydney like saw the murder happen or the aftermath of the murder. And Gail's oh. like, well, you saw someone wearing his jacket and I think someone framed him for that murder. Anyway, little bit of doubt now has been put in Sydney's mind about that. I also want to just mention that the transition song is the Peaky Blinders theme song. <laughs> I play it really <gasps> frequently throughout. <laughs> it's uh, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Siege. Fun. That would be really like disorienting for me watching that. It is. It is kind of bizarre because, yeah, I like didn't remember so that. So heavily associated with Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Um, and then Peaky Blinders starts. Uh, <laughs> we jump right into an episode. Um, Ooh, fun mashup. It's a fun mashup. Uh, but yeah, but then so Gail like gets all excited at, uh, when Sydney leaves and she's like, oh, my God, this is going to be like the story of the year. I'm going to sell so many fucking books. Uh, oh, she says she says to her to Kenny, she's like, can you believe this? Like, I think that these murders are related. And that means that like if if I'm right about this, she goes, we could we could save a man's life. The, the guy, the innocent guy on death row. And she goes, can you imagine how many books I'm going to sell? So she's like still kind of a bitch. But honestly, yeah. kind of fun. She's fun. She's mm-hmm. fun. We don't hate her. Um, we're in school where our lockers, a guy uh, and someone in the full scream head to toe uh, ghost face costume, like runs through the school, like ah! screaming clearly as just a prank. But, you know, scary, not fun. Um, everyone in this movie is alarmingly casual about the fact that their classmates were gutted. And they're just like, isn't that crazy? Glad it wasn't me. Anyway, haha, funny, funny, funny. Um, really, really aren't taking it seriously at all. Yeah. Um. But Sydney sort of like goes, tries to run away from that or not. not she's not scared, but she's just like, man, fuck this and goes down the hall, runs right into Billy, who and she's clearly is still a little bit afraid of him. Like she's on edge and the way she interacts with him is like uh, a little still. And he's like, you don't you don't think it was me, right? Like they released me. My phone was clear. You know, it wasn't me. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I, I, I know. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm on edge. Um, and he's like. No, it's okay. You know, I just clearly I have a girlfriend who would rather accuse me of being a killer than touch me. Very cool. Oh, my God. Love this shaming. Look, Skeet is two things in this movie. Hot and bad. Um, <laughs> and that's what you have to know. He's hot and bad. Um, and he's like, she's like, what? How could you say that? that's not true? He said, you know, ever since, you know, ever since you're your mom and you've just like been really different and she's like yeah it was fucking insanely (laughs) traumatic my mom was murdered he was like yeah a year ago um and she goes yeah a a literal year ago a year ago tomorrow my mom was murdered and he's like well i think it's about time you got over it i literally think those are the words he says that it's about time you got over it not an empathetic man 
not an empathetic man. He wants to fuck his girlfriend. Ew. So he deserves to because that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. it, so she is mad and runs into the girl's bathroom where he can't go. We cut to we see the, a little moment with the principal with Henry Winkler. Um, I don't know his principal name. He's Henry Winkler. Uh, he expels the two students who are wearing the screen masks and takes them off of them. And they're like, this is not a fucking joke. You, your classmate was your two of your classmates were murdered. This isn't funny. You're expelled. But this scene is wild and very freaky. He's holding like one of those huge pairs of scissors that are like only in schools that are silver and like really yeah, yeah, with a yeah. black handle. Like yeah. it's like, huge school scissors. And he keeps like putting them in his because he goes to cut the mask up because he's like this is so insensitive and gross but is like holding the scissors up in their faces and the sound effect of the scissors is really intense you keep thinking someone's gonna get stabbed and like he's like being freaky with the scissors (laughs) freaky with the scissors (laughs) you know i don't like scissors um but it's weird it's like a tense moment but that nothing happens he just expels them uh meanwhile in the bathroom uh sydney's in the stall and she overhears two mega bitches talking about um like, ugh, I don't even believe Sydney that that happened. She probably made it all up for attention. Or maybe she's the murderer. She's so fucked up because she watched her mom get killed. So now she's all fucked up. Um, she's probably a slut just like her mom. This is like real <gasps> things that these two girls are saying. Um, yeah, she watched her mom die and it like really messed her up. Teenagers um, are bad. They are bad. Teenagers are bad. <laughs> um, teenagers are bad. Uh, but they're, yeah, they're basically just like, calling her mom a slut and saying that she's a lying murderer <laughs> um which is she's upset about sydney's upset about hearing that, that is so awful i would like to think that that we're slowly but surely teenagers are getting better i think people teenagers are not as mean as I they think used they to be are different but i don't know any i don't know i hope i hope i hope i hope <laughs> i hope i, I hope, hope i hope i hope <laughs> okay Outside the school, we see Gail um, now trying to question or like get information out of Dewey and starts flirting with him. And um, that's fun also because we know that eventually they got married in real life. This is where they met, I think. Um, This is where they met and fell in love. And it really is nice. And they have really good chemistry. And apparently they're also still on good terms, even though they're divorced. I texted Joel while watching immediately and was like, I really hope that they're still friends. because (laughs) I love to see them fall in love. Um, there was part of me that thought you were going to be like, I texted Courtney while I was watching just to see like how she was feeling. Um, I texted Court. I just really quick texted Court. Um, <laughs> Courtney. Hey, how are you and David? Courtney, how, we're on texting level of friendship, but I I would I need to ask, how are you and your ex? Um, I forget to ask. Um, so she's flirting with Dewey. Um, she like mentions that her main demographic for her show is men 18 to 24. Um, and he's reveals that he's 25 and he's like, so, you know, I was 24 for a whole year. Um, he's into her. Uh, she's like kind of famous, Cute. famous in their zone. And he's like, you're much more beautiful in person. Anyway, he's into her. They make an announcement that school is canceled, uh, for the rest of the day and that there will be a citywide curfew starting that night. Um, Stu decides he's going to host a party to celebrate not having to be in school and not, uh, and cause he's an asshole. <laughs> um, he's the fool archetype. Um, and, t- and Matthew Tatum is Lillard, dating though, him. is so great. Ugh. 
He is so good in this movie. This was, it, I mean, it's and like this you was, have to see it. This was his prime time. He was in a bunch of stuff at, around this time. This was golden Matthew Lillard years. And I miss, I miss him. I miss this time. He's capable of doing crazy things with his face. <laughs> his face is incredibly <laughs> expressive. His face is like made out of Play-Doh. I think I appreciate him more now. I, I remember as a kid, like really not liking him, like thinking he was well, like really he's always disgusting. obnoxious and everything. I think he's like plays. Yeah. Like and stupid, like, I'm like so much um <laughs> but he's yeah, so good but at it's it. great it's so good but so he's gonna host a party that night to celebrate uh we cut to back in the principal's office uh the killer comes and murders him i don't have to tell anymore it's pretty brief he gets murdered <laughs> henry winkler henry winkler <sighs> we see him get murdered so sad what a nice man i think well no i know i text him um <laughs> uh, great we see later Sydney is talking to Tatum and finally expresses a shred of doubt. Just like that, you know, it's just sort of got in my head. Like if I am wrong about that, him killing my mom, like what else am I wrong about? What does that mean? And Tatum's like, you gotta, you don't get in tune in your head. Like let's have fun tonight. We see the ghost face killer run by in the bushes. <laughs> okay. uh, not a great sign. Um, it's still daylight, though. It's still the afternoon. So the whole group of friends goes to the video store where Randy works to rent a movie for that night. Um, Randy is talking to Stu, um, saying that he still suspects that it could be Billy, who's the murderer. And he's like, it's standard horror movie shit. Like, it's all it's got to be the boyfriend. Right. Um, but Stu's like, oh, that just because you want to go out with Sydney. And he's like, I don't know. Do you think like, do you think I have a chance with her? And Stu like laughs in his face. And is like, no. <laughs> um, Stu's like, well, what about her dad? I think it's probably her dad. Like, why can't they reach him? He's gone missing. Uh, and Randy's like, the dad's a red herring. I'm telling you, this is like horror movie tropes. It's just trying to distract you. Um, that's fun. That's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And we're really playing into the whole thing. And he's like, I'm telling you, I, I, it's it's Billy. We can't get, you know, distracted. And then Billy comes up behind him being creepy as fuck. Like Billy is scary. <laughs> he's a scary dude. I um, uh, Billy is a scary name, too. <laughs> it really. It, uh, yeah, it really is. He's scary. Um, So Billy like comes up behind him. And he's like, hey, how do we know that you're not the killer? Um, and Randy's like, yeah, man, I mean, if this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect, uh, which is also fun. We know we know what we're doing. Wink, 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 wink. Um, <laughs> but Randy does not like and does not trust Billy. Um, aside from the fact that he also wants to fuck Sydney, I guess. We see everyone locking up for curfew. Um, the sheriff, meanwhile, tells Dewey that they traced the phone calls and that they came from Sydney's dad. <gasps> And uh, Dewey says, well, could the calls have been cloned? And the sheriff's like, look, we don't we haven't done like the full investigation, but let's not tell Sydney anything until we're sure. Like, let's not like the sheriff's really sensitive to the fact that she's been through a lot and is like, let's like not involve her in this moment. But like, just be aware that that's where we're at right now. Where where is the dad? They can't find him. He was supposed to be at a conference. They the the police tried to track him down and couldn't. He's missing, essentially. Okay. Um, but so now he th- he's their prime suspect and they're thinking he's missing because he's committing murders. Guilty. Um, yeah. yeah, he's in a mask running around with a knife. Um, so we go to Stu's party. We see outside of Stu's house, Gail pulls up with her news van. She and her camera guy, Kenny, um, pull up outside the party. She's relentless on the tail of this story. Um, 
Dewey is also at the party just to keep watch on everyone, make sure they're okay. Um, the sheriff tells him, like, hey, keep an eye on Sydney. And he's also, he's like a sweet guy, and it's his sister's friend. So he's watching out at the party, but he sees the gales there um, and is, you know, really into her and sort of flirts with her. And he's like, I'm going to, like, go walk into the party and just make sure everything's okay. Do you, like, want to come with me? And she's like, yeah, oh, my God, I would love to. And stashes, takes a, like, little ca- uh, video camera. Um, so he, she goes into the party with him and stashes a camera in the house. So she, now they're getting footage of the entire party. Um, so that's a win for Gail. Meanwhile, um, Stu asks Tatum if she can go grab them some more beers. She goes to the garage and the uh, her, she grabs a bunch of beers in the fridge. Her arms are full of beers. The door is locked behind her back into the house. So she's like, oh, that's annoying. Door's locked. Goes to open the, you know, garage door of Suburban House where you got that electronic garage door that comes up. It starts moving up and then it stops and goes back down, turns around. Ghostface standing in at the door holding the button. Uh She also thinks it's Randy. (laughs) Everybody thinks that it's Randy just playing tricks. Um, so she's like, oh, very funny, Randy. You know, you better take that costume off. If Sid sees it, she's going to freak out, <laughs> you know, because someone wearing that tried to kill her yesterday. <laughs> also, like, is this costume just ubiquitous? Like, everyone can get their hands on well, one of these, tr- They I did guess. reveal earlier that they couldn't trace the costume because they're like, you can get this at any five. And it's just like a standard okay. Halloween costume thing. Right. Um, yeah, but it is like, I guess everyone, everyone has it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... She's like, okay, Randy, let me through. Um, and then he stabs her in the arm. <laughs> so she's like, oh, this isn't Randy. Not this Randy. is a real killer with a knife. Um, so she tries. He's like coming up on her. She smashes a beer bottle on him. So she's got the advantage for a second. Tries to escape through a cat door or like a doggy door. A small, very small, small very small, smaller than a woman's frame. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. door in the garage door, the electronic door. I mean, God love her. She's got to try to get out some way, but inevitably she gets stuck. Uh, her bottom half is stuck outside her, like at her shoulders. She's like stuck hanging out of this cat door. He presses the button to lift the garage door up. So now she's stuck and hanging. Keeps going, keeps going. I guess they're strong enough to do this. It slices through her neck and kills her. Oh, head doesn't come all the way off, but that's where she is died (laughs) from a (gasps) neck injury. Bad death. Not good. Not good. No. Um, So now she's just hanging up there out of the cat door dead. Uh, Meanwhile, Billy shows up at the party. Good old Billy. You love to see him. Uh, (laughs) He shows up being like, Sid, I I just want to talk to you. Um, I guess they haven't talked since he told her to get over her mom's death. Um. And Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stu's like, yeah, go you guys can go talk like in my parents' room. They're out of town. Go like, you know, go go talk in my parents' room. And they're like, aha, uh-huh, very smooth, Stu. And Sydney's like, no, we do need to talk. Like, I- I'll talk to you. That's fine. Um, so they go upstairs. Uh, meanwhile, Gail goes back out to the van to, and they start she and Kenny, her cameraman, start walk watching the footage of the party. Um, they're like, oh, awesome. We have like a camera in there. They realize because in the video, she's still walking out of the house, but she's at the van watching that they're like, oh, we have like a 30 second delay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. but they're like, no, oh, whatever. That's fine. We'll, we'll, she goes like, let's just record it. That's fine. 
upstairs, Billy and Sydney both apologize to each other. I don't know, Sydney. Don't think you need to apologize, but fine. <laughs> um, and then Sydney tells him she's he's right and she's ready to have sex with him. So they get ready to have sex. Um, downstairs, there's a whole group of people, teens having a party. Watching a horror movie. Uh, is it prom night that they're watching? A Jamie Lee Curtis it's, horror it's movie. It's Halloween. Oh, it's Halloween. They're watching Halloween. Mm-hmm. And Randy, the big movie buff. They're they're all really anxious to see Jamie Lee Curtis's tits. So they keep being like, oh, when are we going to see your tits? And he's like, we don't see your tits yet because in these movies, she's always the virgin, which is why she survives. So he like gets up and he's like, look, let me tell you guys the rules of horror movies. Number one. Only only virgins survive at the end. So you can never have sex. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. And they're all holding beers. They're like, oh, 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 oh we're all drinking. <laughs> um, and then he's like, three, never say I'll be right back. Because that's how you know that you'll never be right back. And then Stu goes like, I'm going to go get another beer. I'll be right back. And they're all like, oh, horror movie. Um, Dewey, meanwhile, goes back out to the over to Gail's van because he's crushing real hard and says, hey, I just got a phone call about a report or abandoned vehicle um, down the road. I got to go check it out. Like, you want to come with me? And she's like, yeah, uh, I would love to. I'm trying to get the scoop. I'll do anything for that scoop. I'll do anything for that scoop. (laughs) Um, Upstairs, Sydney and Billy are making out. Uh, She looks like she doesn't want to be doing it. I wouldn't if Ooh. I were her. That's for nope. sure. And that's she like it's sort of like sort of maybe like trying to stop it, but then leans back in and goes for it again. But it's not good to see. Cut back downstairs. The phone rings. Um, we see Randy answer it. And it is a phone call from I don't know who telling them that the principal has been murdered. And guess what? Has been gutted and is hanging uh, outside the school. Oh, boy. At which news, all the other teens, Randy's like shaken up. Not great news. All the other teens in the house go, oh, hell yeah, let's go see it before they take him down. Yeah, fuck the principal. We hate school. We're teens. This is normal. That's crazy. They're a bunch of sociopaths. It's insane. And they all leave. They all leave to go check out their dead principal, except for Randy. Uh, who stays and Stu who went to go get some beer and Tatum who's dead <laughs> they don't know that yet but uh, so all those teens like get in their cars and race off to go see the principal uh, Gail and Dewey we cut to they're walking down the road to find this abandoned car um, and the teens leaving the house are flying down the road in their cars like zoom in to the school um, and they are gonna hit them walking down the road so Dewey at the last minute pulls Gail out of the way into the woods um, and then she kisses him um, and he's very sweet and naive and he like clearly has been wanting this his whole fucking life. But he stops because he's like, I can't. I'm, I'm on duty, um, which she thinks is like very funny and cute. Um, but right next to them, they see the abandoned car. So they're like, oh, shit, they get up. He looks at it and says, this is I don't remember her last name. It's Sydney's dad's car. So he's Prescott. like, oh, fuck, it's it, Prescott. It, this is Neil Prescott's car. That's what it, the hell is he doing here? So they go to run back towards the house. They're like a little ways down the road to find this car. So they're like, oh, shit, we have to get back to the house. This is not good. He's our prime suspect. His car is here. Um, we cut back upstairs. Sydney and Billy have just had sex. 
and she they're like Billy's sitting on the floor by the bed Sydney's on the bed like sort of putting her clothes back on and says hey um what was your what was your phone call and he says what and she says well I know when you get arrested you get one phone call so who was your phone call and he goes uh it was my dad she says no the sheriff called your dad I, I saw him and he says well, he didn't he didn't answer when I called him. Uh oh. And she says, "Okay." She's like, she she looks like she doesn't really believe him, but she goes, and then she starts like laughing as if she's telling a joke. She's like, you know, it would just be um, it'd be really clever for you to use your one phone call to call me, so that I would think the killer couldn't possibly be you because you were in jail mm. and. He looks suspicious as fuck when she says that. Oh, no. But but stands up and goes to her and goes like, what do I have to do to convince you that I am not a killer? And then he gets stabbed. Ghostface pops out. By the killer. <gasps> Ghostface. Ghostface pops up. Stabs him a bunch of times. That's a good way. That's, That's a, good a good way, way to, to find convince out. her. Uh, stabs yeah. him a bunch of times, seemingly to death. Uh, and he sort of collapses. So now Sydney's running away from the killer again, is running through the house, runs through a room that I I guess is Stu's bedroom. It's a very, it's like cluttered, but there's like a doll hanging upside down from the ceiling. It's like a freaky, weird room. (laughs) Stu's a freak. Um, Stu's a freak. I didn't notice it when I was watching last night, probably because I was like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. What's this text say? Um, But when I was rewatching today, I saw that room and was like, this is not a nice room to be in. But goes to the room puts down like a surfboard to try to keep the door shut the killer gets in so she goes out the window out like outside the second story window to try to uh like get away has nowhere to go he reaches through to get her she falls down looks in front of her and sees the garage door where her friend tatum is hanging dead (gasps) freaks out looks back up to the window where the killer just was he is not there anymore not a good sign Cut to, so she, like, starts running away. Cut to downstairs. Um, <laughs> Randy is watching uh, a scene from the scary movie. And the and Ghostface is, like, behind him, but he can't see because he's watching the movie. And it's a fun moment where he's saying, Jamie, J-, like, talking to Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie, but his name is also Jamie, which I thought was a fun <laughs> little one, too, where he's like, Jamie, fun. Jamie, look behind you. <laughs> He's right behind you, Jamie. Come on, behind you, Jamie. But it's there's the killer anyway. So there's like double meaning. Fun, clever, fun. But we don't see. We cut away uh, to Sydney running up to the news van where Ken. Right now it's just Kenny, the camera guy, in there because Gail and Dewey are still down the road. Um, So she like opens the door and comes in and is like the killer. He he's like he's in the house and they look on the screen the the footage they have in the house and they see the killer standing behind randy and they're like oh my god randy oh ah, like there's the killer's right behind you um and they see on the screen the killer walk out of the house and not kill randy and so they open the van door and kenny looks out towards the door sees the front door wide open and goes there's a 30 second delay and mm-hmm. his throat gets slit because that 30 second delay oh. was long enough for the killer to get to the van Oh, no. So Kenny's down. Um, the killer tries to go after Sid, but she gets away. Dewey and Gail run back to the house. 
Um, they make it there. They don't see this happen, but they've made it back like just a second later. Dewey says, is there a phone in the van? Uh, use it to call 911. So he goes into the house with his gun to see what's going on. Gail goes into the van to call 911. She opens the van, sees blood pooling everywhere outside the van. Calls for Kenny. He's not there. Goes uh, to uh, successfully calls 911, I think, from the van. And then Randy pops up uh, next to her driver window and she freaks out and hits him in the head with the phone and knocks him out and goes to drive away. We see that Kenny is on the hood of her car um, and she's like screaming and there's blood everywhere on her windshield. And she has this phone where she's like, Kenny, I'm really sorry, but you need to get the fuck off the hood of my car and like drives the newsman. Um, drives down the street. Sydney comes out on the road to be like, hey, hey, pick me help, up. Help. But but Gail is freaking out and it's, you know, she comes out of nowhere. So she swerves to avoid hitting her, runs down a hill, crashes pretty bad into a tree. <gasps> Big so Sydney has Ooh. to run back to the house. Um, Sydney runs up to the house and is calling for Dewey. Dewey opens the front door and walks out and she's like, Dewey. And he goes, Sydney, and falls forward with a knife stabbed in his back. Killer oh, comes no. up behind him, pulls a knife out of Dewey's back, comes after Sydney. Sydney locks herself in the police van and then like gets into the car and locks the doors. And then the killer sits up in the driver's side door holding the keys that he took from Dewey and just being like swinging them in front of her face tauntingly. <gasps> mm. And then he like drops down, right? He like drops to the floor, and so she yeah, just so like he's, can't like, he's see outside where her he window, is. And she like goes to lock the doors from the inside, and then he like she like locks one door, and he unlocks the other one, and she locks the door, and he unlocks the other one, and then she looks around, and he's not there. He loves to do that. He loves to just disappear and all of a sudden not be there the anymore, which is way scarier than still being there. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And so she's like mm-hmm. looking around, and we see the trunk opening behind her, and he starts to try to come in through the back she manages to escape oh but when she's in the car she also manages to radio her location on the police radio she's like i'm at this house the killer's here um we don't hear a response but presumably the the call went through she runs into the house or she runs towards the house and picks up dewey's gun off of him because he's laying you know potentially presumably dead on the well and he said that david or scream five so spoiler (laughs) um But so he's laying on the ground um, and she takes his gun off of him and turns around and both Stu and Randy are now coming up to the door being like, Sid, Sid, oh, my God, let us in, let us in. And she holds the gun up to both of them because she doesn't know who the fuck the killer is. He's wearing a full head to toe costume. She's just like, fuck everyone. Like, what the fuck is going on? And keeps holding. And they're both blaming each other. Randy's like, it's Stu. He like went crazy. And Stu's like, it's him. Like, let me in. Sid, oh my God, please let me in. And she's just like, doesn't know what the fuck to do. So she locks them out of the house, has the gun. Then we see Billy uh, come like stumbling down the stairs, like bleeding and like holding onto the rail and being like, Sydney. And he like stumbles down the stairs. She helps him up. And it's like, oh, my God, I thought you were dead. And he's like, no, I've just been like, I'm stabbed. Um, he doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm, stabbed, like that. I'm, I'm stabbed. stabbed. <laughs> I'm just stabbed. Um, and uh, he's like, it's OK. It's OK. Here. And, and she like helps him up. And he's like, it's going to be OK. Here, give me the gun. Uh, she gives him the gun. He goes to open the door. And she's like, no, 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 they're out there. They're out there. He opens the door. He lets uh, Randy in. And Randy goes. 
Oh my God, you guys, it's, it's Stu. He's gone mad. And Billy turns around and goes, we all go a little mad sometimes. <gasps> no! <laughs> and then shoots Randy! What? And reveals, he like takes a, a finger and like licks the blood off his shirt and reveals that it's cornstarch. Um, oh. So he's not hurt at all. It was a trick. Wow, he's really bad. It was a mean, mean trick. A dirty trick. <laughs> uh, Stu then comes into the house holding the voice box going... Hi, Sydney. What the fuck? So it's both of them. Two killers. It's both of them. What the fuck is the motive? Two killers. We're just getting, we're getting there. Ready, Henley. <laughs> um, so they come in. They sort of corner Sydney in this lovely kitchen with the big island. Um, bring her into the kitchen. She says, "Like you guys are fucking crazy. You'll you'll never get away with this." Um, and they are like, "Well, we got away with." Uh, Framing cotton and killing your mom. <gasps> Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> and. Holy shit. She's like, why the fuck? What, like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? The, and they're, they're both acting like full on crazy now. Like, Billy has always been creepy, but now he's just like fully like, yay, she knows I'm a killer. I can just like be a crazy killer. <laughs> uh, he goes, it's a lot scarier when there's no motive, isn't it? Did Norman Bates have a motive? Maybe I'm just a psychopath. What? We oh god, and they say like maybe we put your slut mother out of her misery. Like they're the t amount of times they call her mom a slut in this movie is fucking insane. Wow, I wish she hadn't had sex with him. Wow, that really just yeah, does lo not losing make it better, your virginity it? to the person who killed your mom is pretty. Pretty, it's not pretty good. Bad. It's a pretty much a worst case scenario. Um, <laughs> I would be pretty upset personally. So yeah, he's like, oh, it's a lot scarier when there's no motive. Maybe I don't have a motive. Maybe I'm a psychopath. Or maybe, maybe your slut mom was fucking my dad. And that's the reason why my mom left and abandoned me. Maybe that's my motive. Is that a good enough motive for you? Oh, definitely equal. Definitely equal crimes. And then equal I wrote this crimes. line down because sure. it's really good. Uh, it's the sickest burn ever. <laughs> he goes, maternal abandonment causes serious deviant behaviors. It certainly fucked you up. It made you have sex with a psychopath. Oh, God. He's evil. What? So he he's like so taunting evil. her about the fact that she just had sex with him. It's horrible. Yuck. Oh, it's yuck, evil. Yuck, yuck, it's yuck, really yuck. bad. And then Stu goes, because Stu's like, his vibe as a murderer is just like, I'm crazy. That's why I kill people because I'm having a good time. He's unhinged. And it's Stu goes, yeah, that's right. You're not a virgin. Now you got to die. Those are the rules. Ew. And then he, Ew. so he's holding the gun. He's holding Dewey's gun and he, he puts it down. He goes, oh, ooh, ooh, Sid, I got to go get, uh, this is the best part. Sid, this is the best part. I got to go get the surprise. There's a big surprise ending. Ew. I'm loving Ew. this impression. It's really good. Oh, I hate it. Spot on. Goes into the other room and brings her dad in, who is, his mouth is duct taped, he's tied up, he's clearly been beaten up. Uh, they put the voice box that he had just used in their, her dad's pocket, the cell phone in her dad's pocket, and they're like, this is the best part. Um, we'll, uh, we, we cloned the phone calls, or his cell phone, so it seemed like the calls were coming from him. It's perfect. One year after the murder of his wife, uh, he went crazy, and uh, killed uh, all the kids in the town and killed you and then killed himself. And so they're going to shoot him and make it look like a suicide. And, and they're like, we're going to be the only two survivors. He left us for dead. 
Um, so then they stab each other to make their story plausible. Oh. Um, so Billy gets a knife and, and Stu's like, yeah, Billy, come on. He's like being really crazy. He's like, right here, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy stabs him, I think, deeper and harder than he anticipated. So then he takes a knife and goes to stab Billy. And then so he stabs Billy pretty hard because he's pissed that Billy stabbed him pretty hard. <laughs> and so then Billy takes a knife and stabs him like four times. Oh, they my just do God. a little stab back like, and forth for a minute. That's enough, man. That's too many times. Yes. Yeah. Man, oh, dude, Billy, that's enough, man. Because <laughs> um, at this point, he's like really stabbed a lot. Um, Stu has now been stabbed too much, one might say. <laughs> um, and Billy goes, all right, just grab the fucking gun so we can finish this. Stu goes to grab the gun, and it's gone. It is no longer on the counter where he left it. And he goes, oh, we got a problem, man. <laughs> um, and they're like, what the fuck? We have to find the fucking gun. And Gail Weathers to the rescue, oh, yeah. pointing the gun at them. And this is a very, like, this is a very funny sort of cheesy, but, like, perfect moment where he goes, Oh, I've I've got an ending for you. How about the the savvy reporter uh, spoils your plan, <laughs> finds the gun, shoots you guys, and and it all works out or something like that. And Sydney from the kitchen goes, "I like that ending. It's very cool." <laughs> oh, um, oh my god! Cheeky cheeky. It's cheeky cheeky cheeky. Gail goes to shoot. Nothing happens, and Billy kicks her in the stomach. Uh, knocks her out. She falls on top of Dewey and he goes, mm, yeah, it works a lot better when the safety isn't on. And he holds, points a gun up to her head and says, this is Gail Weathers signing off. But before he shoots her, Stu goes, Billy, oh no, man. They've taken their <laughs> eyes off of Sydney. They turn around. She's gone. Sydney and the, and the dad are both gone. So they're like, fuck, we have to find her. And now Billy is like pissed. He's been Pretty cool, calm, collected this whole time. Um, you know, murdery, psychopathy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and but now he's like, "You bitch!" Like he's like screaming. He's like, "Where the fuck are you, you bitch? Get back here!" The phone rings. It's Sydney on the voice box, being like, "Oh, do you guys like scary movies?" And like taunting them, and he's like, "Bitch, where the fuck are you?" And she's like, "Oh, I just called the police, and they're about to come and arrest your fucking asses." Um, meanwhile, Stu is dying because he's been stabbed too many times. <laughs> like, oh, Billy's oh like, God. Billy's ordering him around. He's like, Stu, we gotta, we gotta, like, fucking find her. And he's like, I can't, man. I'm bleeding out, man. <laughs> I'm losing uh, a lot of blood. <laughs> I'm losing a lot of blood. I'm feeling woozy, man. <laughs> and, and, but meanwhile, so Billy, like, gives Stu the phone. And so Stu's, like, still on the phone with Sydney. He's like, to really call the cops. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I really fucking did. He's like, oh, my parents are going to be so mad. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so stupid. Meanwhile, Billy has the knife and is, like, tearing the house apart and, like, tears a couch open and gets covered in feathers. Tearing a couch open is really funny. Is he looking? Yes, do you think she he got inside the couch cushions? Like, is he looking is he inside the cushions for Sydney? <laughs> How, when, and what did she sew them back around herself like no um, but then he opens a closet a more plausible place for a human to be uh, it's like a coat closet there's a lot of stuff in it and then we just see a big umbrella come through and stab him in the chest 
He drops a gun. This ghost face killer comes out of the closet. Sydney rips the mask off, reveals that it's her. Billy is down on the ground, stabbed. But from up behind her, Stu comes in, tackles her. So they start fighting. They are they end up sort of tumbling their way into the living room. Sydney gets the upper hand and pushes one of those like big, deep 1996 square televisions that are like wider than they are Mm -hmm, tall, mm -hmm. you know, deeper than they are tall, pushes it over Stu's head, uh, both smashing his face and electrocuting him at the same time. Cool. So there goes Stu. Randy reappears. Being like, oh, my God, uh, he had gotten shot like in the shoulder. So he's OK. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were dead. And he says, no, I'm s- I've never been happier to be a virgin. Taking it back to our funny <laughs> rules about the virgins can't die. Um, but then Billy comes up, attacks Sid again, tackles her and then lifts up the knife. And just as he's going to stab her, he gets shot. Gail shoots him successfully this time. Um, and she goes. Safety's off this time, fucker, or something like that, which is fun. Um, <laughs> a lot of one-liners. So then Sydney takes the gun from her. They all stand over Billy, who's laying down bloody on the ground. And Randy goes, be careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back for one last scare. And Billy's lying on the ground. And he goes, oh, he just like pops up and literally like just like screams. And she shoots him right in the head and goes, not in my movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, then we cut to outside the house. The sun is rising. And Gail is talking to a new cameraman because hers died. Swap him out. Um, swap him out. Swap Backup him out. Cameraman. And is like, okay, you've got this. Anything for the scoop. Anything for the scoop. <laughs> Anything for the scoop. She's like oh beaten God. up, like bloody, fucked up. She's like, this is Gail Weathers putting on the story of the century. It what and like starts telling the story of what happened. And she like walks up to the house while there are like cops converging, and it's all end credits. <gasps> oh my God. We did it. A perfect film. That was great. I love it so much. It's it's truly it's so much fun. It's super fun and it is really scary and everyone is so good in it. I just love it. I had a great time and I will be rewatching it again. I think I meant what I said. It's super rewatchable. I'll be watching Scream 2, about which I also know the killer because that was on at your house on Halloween 2. And Sorry. so I also know and that's helpful for me. No, I'm I'm glad. It makes it easier for me to watch. Okay, good. Yeah. I think actually I'm realizing now that I saw the end of Scream 2 at your house, Sammy. So I thought I was assuming that was going to be the end of Mm. Scream 1. And I was confused for the latter portion of this. Would have been a a hard Um, left for us to get to the ending of Scream 2 at the end of Scream 1. I was like, how is this? I don't know. One, One reason why it's so... It's like more of a fun, scary movie besides all the meta stuff and just like the ridiculousness of the characters is that um, one thing that makes scary movies more scary is when the people are like reacting in a real way to the stuff that's happening around them. And the fact that everyone is just like kind of so casual and like nonplussed about the fact that their friends are being murdered. seem oblivious to the fear that they should yeah. be in and to be fair it's because some of them are the murderers <laughs> but <laughs> <Right. laughs> True. uh but yeah there's a lot of like a side characters who are really unfazed about the murders happening in their community yeah um mm-hmm. i will also say i think there's something about 
yeah, like she makes it out and our like good guys do sort of eventually succeed. That makes it a little less scary, too. It's like not trying to make you feel like shit. This movie, you know, it's a, it's a happy ending as far as horror movies go. Yeah. The killers are get their the just ending. Um, also, it is surprising. It is surprising that it's like two of the friends. It's, sur- it's definitely surprising that it's two of them. It's a very cool misdirect that they like, quote unquote, kill Billy, but then he's back. But then he is the kid. Like they do a good job of the whole time being like, well, it's obviously him. He's so fucking creepy. Right. It's him. And then he dies. But then it's still him. I do like that. Right. Right. Yeah. It's super clever. I mean, it's just obviously yeah, playing with all the tropes, but then making them feel fresh again. Like this, I feel like Mm -hmm. started a new wave of horror. Like I know you did last summer came after this. And I feel like the I, I guess I don't know enough about the teen slasher, but I feel like this really revitalized it in a new way because it was so successful because it's so fucking good. It really is super fun. I'm very glad to have, you know, <laughs> um, reached my my nearly my 30s being able to watch Scream because <laughs> uh, it's really fun. Proud, proud of think, you. I think it makes me want to watch Cabin in the Woods even more because I do think movies like this are the kind of scary movie that I could have fun with because it is about like this is the this is like a roller coaster to me in terms of scary movies where it's like you're scared then it's a release then you're scared then it's a release then and you're laughing and it's fun as opposed to like um hereditary oh everything is awful (laughs) and i want to die yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah Mm -hmm. i'm proud of you i'm glad you watched it and i'm glad you liked it henley i think you should watch it too me too um maybe 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 just that matthew lillard (laughs) performance in the end I did a, oh, a pretty perfect representation, but you should maybe watch it. I was, yeah, that's true. You that's pretty much true. already watched I feel like it. I got but. enough. I got <laughs> enough Matthew Lillard through Emily for sure. <laughs> that was a spot on impression. Thank you. Um, did we learn anything? What did we learn? Um, in the opening scene, I learned just don't have open windows. Get some curtains for your windows always. Buy curtains. Don't hide in the couch cushion because the killer will look there. <laughs> the killer will look there. Do not sew yourself into the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it may seem like a pretty safe place, but no, they'll, they're going to look there. They're going to look there. And, and let me tell you what, the way they do it is by stabbing a deep, long hole all the way through. So if you're there, that's a bad, that is a bad way to go. I would say mostly just don't date an asshole. That's a good one. Yeah, don't. Definitely don't. don't. He's such an asshole. And I don't, you know what? I don't care how hot he is. I said it. I agree. I concur. I'll second that. Oh, God, I've been to too many city council meetings. <laughs> I second that. I second that motion. Um, yeah. No, if your boyfriend is constantly a piece of shit to you, break up with him. If he's sha- shaming you. If he, bel- if he belittles the fact that your mom was murdered, that's a bad sign. That really bad. Real bad sign. Break up with him. Really bad. Huge especially if he's doing it so that you will have sex with him. Bad. Big mm-hmm. red flag. Wow, I really enjoyed that. Anything else, or uh, uh, should we choose a voice? There's a, there's either. I mean, there's Ghostface, or I was really liking that Stu voice too. So we have. I'm gonna do Stu for <laughs> sure. I'm gonna do Stu. Okay, can we get another taste of it so we can? Uh... Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing a lot of blood, man. I'm losing a lot of blood, <laughs> man. You stab me too much, man. I don't know, something like that. Do you really call the cops? <laughs> I'm sort of losing it, but. Oh well, okay. Thank you, Emily. You uh, freaking killed it. Um, mm-hmm. And from all of us here, <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>
Hi friends, Sammy here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us and review us. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media. We are at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, don't forget to tell us your freaking Enneagram types in the comments. See you next week. Bye.